I want to begin with a word from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The word of God for God's people today. Thanks be to God. Well, the title of this message is, I'd Rather Be Fishing. If you want to know where my heart is right now, and it has nothing to do with actual, like, being on a lake and a boat, that sort of thing. I'll kind of explain that maybe in a little bit. But we're excited this weekend to celebrate students who, after all these years of being in church and Sunday school, have taken this previous year to explore their faith. They have faced doubts and questions. They have learned many different lessons about the Bible and theology. We talked about the history of our church, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In many ways, they are more prepared than those who first committed to follow Jesus. The scripture we just read talks about the first four disciples. And while the account is only a few verses, there is something in it for all of us here. Whether we are contemplating our commitment or remembering our own baptism and membership vows. How do we follow Jesus? Jesus lays it out for these fishermen. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. As we unpack this, I want to begin with the end in mind. Our mission is to fish for people. So my first point today is, are you ready for it? Yeah. Going fishing is the mission. <laughs> Get ready. Buckle up, folks. When I say I'd rather be fishing, I'd rather be anywhere than like on this stage talking to a whole bunch of adults. I would rather be at a VBS. Most pastors would totally disagree, okay? You know that, right? Most pastors are like, thank goodness we have Sunday worship. I get a break from VBS, right? But I would rather be there. I would rather be at a laser tag. I'd rather be in a youth Bible study. But I'm here. So I'm going to tell you about that passion. But why would Jesus use this analogy of fishing anyway? Like most metaphors in the New Testament, Jesus wanted to meet people where they are. Fishing was a universal activity in most cultures, and it has many layers even for us today. Now, have you ever been fishing? I've tried. I used to own a fishing rod. Um, I think it's still there so that when I think, oh, maybe I'll go fishing and I wanted to try to buy some new stuff, someone says, you have a fishing rod already. Um, but I had tackle. I went on a few trips, but I never dedicated the time or the effort required to be proficient at fishing. 
A lot of times when we think about fishing, we think about sport fishing, fishing for fun, not necessarily for food or survival. The kind of fishing that requires a lot of expensive equipment and complicated techniques, complicated to me, of course, all in the quest to catch the biggest fish, all right? It's about the quality of fish, okay? Fly fishing is another example, you know, where, where you're actually even more skilled because you have to tie these lures and, and you're out in uh, water that's, that's running and you're standing in the middle of it and you're, you're throwing out and you have to, there's this technique that I've never understood, right? Again, trying to get the best quality of fish. Of course, there's another kind of fishing, commercial fishing, right? It's about catching the biggest quantity of fish. You are catching a large number of fish for one's livelihood, for one's survival, fish to sell, fish to eat. That's what these fishermen knew about, the ones that Jesus approached. We talked about mending their nests. There's this constant wear and tear on their equipment. It was hard work. Peter and Andrew and James and John knew something about hard work. They knew about the equipment, the commitment, and the strategy. And they also knew that sometimes fishing requires or, or relies on providence and maybe even a little bit of luck. But essentially, at its core, fishing is about finding something of value and luring it and attracting it for your purpose. Don't mean that in an inauthentic way. Jesus also uses the analogy of looking for lost things to make a similar point. At the end of, of this list of lost coins and, and, and even a son, in Luke 19, 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Later, Jesus explains that the purpose of seeking out the lost was to show the good news of life. John 10.10 says, A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Like fishing, the effort we put into searching or offering life shows how we value that which we are seeking out. And Jesus led by example. In another account in the Gospel of Luke that, that tells the same story about approaching these fishermen, it starts to, to tell us that they were there because they were listening to Jesus teach. And Jesus sends them out. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, follow me where we just, I'm kind of breaking this up a little bit, but we talked about fishing hard work. For them to go back out again, that was like a pain in the butt, okay? They had to, to, to get their equipment ready and do all that stuff, okay? When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to burst. Here, Jesus gave them a miracle and he demonstrated a commonly known idea. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Jesus calls us to lure people with love. This is not a bait and switch type operation. 
we uh, are to have this lifestyle that shows people the unique and holy set apart life of someone who follows Jesus. We are part of the kingdom of God, serving with joy and living with hope. And when we invite people to join us, okay, when we're going fishing, we show them a community of love they have been missing out on. It's what we call good news. So when you invite somebody to come here, you need to be prepared to share your life with them. That's what fishing is about. When I started college, I had just moved from Raleigh, North Carolina to Kansas City, Missouri, and um, I had very little faith background. I mean, I knew there was a God, that's about it. And I began, uh, became involved with the Southern Baptist Church. Now that might seem like an odd choice, if you know me now, but I did not choose them, they chose me. The Baptist student ministry on the campus of uh, Central Missouri State University had an activity that involved free food every single night of the first week of school. The laughter is because you guys know where that's going, right? There were people who met me, and later on when they saw me on campus, they remembered my name. They were intentional about that. That was not an accident. They invited me to other events. They took me to lunch. They loved me and made me a part of their community. I made my best friends in college through that ministry. They lived out good news in a way that inspired me and made me want to follow Jesus. These were people who understood that going fishing was the mission, okay? So let's go back to Galilee. Honestly, Andrew, Pete, James, and John were not automatically empathetic pastoral people after this first encounter with Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, you are now fishers of people. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of people. I want you to hear this, uh, the way that the New Living Translation actually says it. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. If anyone is a proficient fisherman, fisher person, excuse me, it didn't happen because they read a book. Somebody showed them how. These disciples followed Jesus for three years. They listened to him talk. They watched him heal. They saw him cry. They experienced his compassion, his anger, his mercy, his love. That is also part of the mission that we need to talk about. And it brings us to our second point. Fishers are taught, not caught. Yeah. Taught, not caught. Still rhyming. All right. Following Jesus is only the beginning. So this weekend, we are celebrating confirmands. We have one right here, Sophia. As she comes up to uh, walk over to the lectern, 
we are, um, she represents a promise kept. You know, we promised as a faith community to raise the children and the youth in our midst to be spiritually mature, to know Jesus. We do this intentionally through Sunday school and worship service, through children's choir and vacation Bible school, through youth group meetings and mission opportunities. But I want you to hear what she has to say because what you'll realize is that the kids and the youth in our midst are watching and listening intently. So I want you to hear her faith statement, her account of her decision to follow Jesus. Ever since I was little, God has been an influence in my life. When I was younger, it was more of Jesus coloring books and Veggie Tales, but that created a foundation. I was able to learn all the stories and I loved thinking about all the amazing things God has done. I grew up at this church and I worked my way from Fellowship Hall all the way upstairs to learn with CJ, Lori, and Dan. I also attended Vacation Bible School each summer and I even got to be in charge of my own group when I was old enough and that was one of my favorite things that I've ever done. One of my biggest religious influences is my mom. Even though both my sister and I have a busy schedule with sports and other events, my mom still finds a way to get us to go to church and be with God. I remember when I was little and back when I would let my mom tuck me in, she would hold my hands tight and we would pray. She would tell me that anything could be a prayer, whether it's a five-minute talk or 20 seconds of silence. There are also a lot of people in my family who nudge me in this direction, such as my aunt, my grandma, and those people who I really enjoyed going to service and spending time with. At this point in my life, I think I've gotten past just the stories and I've been able to understand some of the deeper concepts. And attending church helps me to continue to grow and become a better person. My relationship with Jesus has grown tremendously. He's always been there for me, but honestly, I think over the past years, I've grown closer with him. I've been able to go through some of the motions without just going through the motions like I might have before. Sometimes I think it takes something to happen, kind of like an eye-opener. And even though those eye-openers might be seen as a tragedy, I find huge comfort in knowing that God is with that person and has a place just for them, and that he's also here to comfort the people affected. I have so much to be thankful for, my friends, family, a roof over my head, and most of all, the sense of community and support I have from the people I have been surrounded with. For the future, I hope to continue to grow my faith and my relationship with God, and being confirmed is the next step. Being confirmed means I can officially be part of this community and start my new faith journey. And luckily, I have my family, the friends I've made here, the teachers, and God to guide me through this next part of my life. I could not have written something better myself, you know, if I'm trying to illustrate the very point that this sermon led up to. Sophia talks about all of the influences, the veggie tales, the coloring sheets, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, both participating and serving, her confirmation teachers and her family, her mom specifically, right? They all worked together to develop her faith. That's the story we're here to celebrate this weekend. These students are not here by accident. Followers of Jesus are taught, not caught. It's through this intentional effort that people follow Jesus. If you're a member of this church, let me ask you an important question. Why are you here? Who has been instrumental 
in your life to help you decide to follow Jesus. Now, speaking of fishing, I'm going to take a different angle. Have you ever taught a child how to play the card game, Go Fish? If you haven't, God bless you. It takes time, patience, and lots of games practicing the rules. And once they've learned how to play, that is what you're doing, okay? That's what you're doing for the next several years of your life. The last thing that we need to learn about our mission is that fishers commit and don't quit. After the resurrection, Jesus gave the work of the church over to his disciples. He commissioned them. He sent them out. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The followers who were once students, now they become servants and teachers in a never-ending cycle of helping people grow in grace. We have encouraged those being confirmed this weekend to serve, and many of them already have. Some of them shared their musical gifts. Others have read scripture or prayers during worship. They participated in Christmas Eve and Good Friday services or helped with vacation Bible school. Most of them will join our ASP trip this summer. They are learning that fishers commit and don't quit. So I have a question, not for the confirmands, but for you. How or where are you serving? What are you doing to imitate those who showed you that you are valuable to God? How can you help teach the next generation of fishers? Our focus begins with seeking out people to show them their value in Christ. Fishing is, after all, the mission. Then we intentionally teach and form those people to become more like Jesus through our service and example because fishers are taught and not caught. And finally, we send people out to begin the cycle again, reminding them that fishers commit and don't quit. So here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. I am not, we're talking about membership, we're talking about confirmation. I have to confession for you. I am not a member of this church. I'm a uh, pastor. I am a uh, ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church. I'm a member of the Wisconsin Conference, which means that I serve whatever church in Wisconsin or in the United States that the bishop or a bishop sends me. So I can say things that are a little more uncomfortable because that's what I've been called to do. And I just came back from COVID, so I know that's going on. 
and we have said, oh man, it's, it's COVID, it's this, it's that, and the other. We're in what I call a post-COVID reality. It's not really post-COVID, COVID's always gonna be with us. And I've been very careful. I wear my mask. I've been advocating for kids to wear masks. We still wear masks downstairs for the most part. But we have decided what's important to us by what we say and do, by the risks that we take. We communicate the importance of the things that we do, the things we choose in two ways, by our calendar and our pocketbook. I don't even know what a pocketbook is anymore, right? I was going to say checkbook, but nobody uses checks. However you keep track of money, let's just go there. So what are we doing? What does that say about who we are and what we value? Okay? Because there are places all over. As we've come back, we've been slow to come back, right? Been slow to come back, but we've been even slower to come back and serve. And that's happening. That's not unique to our situation. That's every church in the United States right now. We have a serving epidemic. Pastors, hopefully not us, but pastors are leaving the ministry wholesale. There are articles written all over about it. It's not the job of one person. It's everybody's in the community to care for the folks that live within that, in that area. So I pray that we think about that as we go out. What kind of fisher people will we be? Amen.